Welcome to episode number 12 of the Ministry Story Podcast. Today is Monday, March the 21st, 2011. I am David Tonin, your host. Many of the conversations that I've been having with churches and church leaders in particular in the last couple months have revolved around the topic of branding. And I know that we've done a couple other episodes here in the series uh, where we talked about church branding or branding faith. But this gentleman who's my guest today, his area of expertise, his real sweet spot for doing ministry and doing business and combining those two together is all around branding. And uh, when I invited him to sit down with us, I had crafted out some questions that were intended to take us through about 20 minutes worth of conversation. When we actually recorded it, however, the whole thing took about 40 minutes. So what I've decided to do is split it in half just because I didn't want to overwhelm you with too much information in one show. So this is part one of a two-part conversation on branding, very focused on defining what branding is and how it's relevant for you as a church leader. Welcome to the Ministry Story podcast. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your ministry story. All right. Thank you so much, David. This is Carrie Burrell. I'm the founder and principal of the Resonate Group. Our blog is resonateordie.com, and uh, we're, we're a strategic brand development and advancement group who helps ministries and churches do their work in such a way that it resonates with those they are trying to reach. So essentially, our goal is to help ministries expand their footprint and their influence. Well, I really love the the name of that you've chosen, Resonate or Die. Why did you choose that name? Well, good question. Um, you know, we we've gotten a ton of great feedback about that, and we're we're really excited about it. Essentially, we wanted something that would quickly communicate how strongly we feel about this idea of resonance and why it matters for ministries. And I hope that we can get a little bit get into that a little bit. Uh, as we, you know, as we move forward. Um, essentially, we believe that there are tens of thousands of churches and ministries out there who are, well, frankly, caught in a time warp. So we believe that resonance is the way for them to push through that ceiling and do ministry so it connects with people again. Uh, many of them are, are literally no longer connected with their communities. And I guess, in a sense, they've been relegated to sort of this comfy corner in, in their town and and told, hey, do your thing, and we won't bother you, and please don't bother us. And so what I see and what, I, what I've seen is that you have some churches who are great at connecting, and then you have everybody else. And, and unfortunately, many of those churches are simply not intentional about connecting. They're not intentional about about doing ministry in such a way that it, that it really resonates, that it really, really connects, and that it means something. So our goal is to help them shift their thinking so that they become serious and intentional about that, that sort of resonance and that, that connectivity. Right, and your, your passion is branding, but some of what you're talking about right there in that uh, statement has a lot to do with leadership uh, and their focus on on you know their mission and vision and 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 getting a very clear strategy in place just for their ministry beyond you know even before they do the branding and or marketing or outreach correct well yes and no um yes i i agree with with what you're saying but i i think there's a deeper issue at play here and he, and here's 
here's what I would like to suggest. Every decision is a brand decision. So let's, a lot of our clients are, are institutions of higher ed. So let's, let's take that as an example. When, when an institution of higher ed brings on board a new dean of students, they have not really made a, an academic decision as much as they've made a brand decision. If they bring on a new uh, dean of an academic dean, that would to them might appear that to them might appear to be a an academic decision or an administrative decision, but it's really a brand decision because each one of those moves absolutely influences the, what that organization is becoming and how people see and and react to and respond to that organization. So if you if you sort of shift your mindset. And you begin to think of every decision in your church and in, in, in your ministry as a brand decision, then you understand that each of these moves that you make, each of these decisions that you, that you make, individually they may not seem like much and they may feel disconnected to the whole, but collectively they matter a great deal to this organization's brand. Okay, and I, I like that, but maybe what for, for a pastor or a church leader listening to this, then the logical question they might ask is then, well, what is branding? So can you define branding in a simple way that we could understand it? Well, let, let me take a stab at that. Um, there's, a, there's a lot, there are several different layers at play with, with that question. So what I'd like to do is just sort of take a stab at it, and then I want to give you what I borrowed from someone else as what I think is the best definition that I know of that's, that's out floating around out in, you know, in Google land at this point. Okay, that sounds so, great. Is that, is that fair enough? Oh, that's totally fair. Cool. Yeah, so, so I have my own definition, but frankly, it's, it's pretty stuffy, and it, I don't think that it would mean something in this context. So, so what I want to do is attempt to describe it, and then we can break down whatever you want to break down. So here's how, what I would say. Branding is about doing everything you do in your ministry or church in such a way that it really, really connects so that it resonates. So the goal is that you connect not only with your current tribe, but with people you want to become part of your tribe. And I'm borrowing there, of course, from Seth Godin's book, Tribes. Yes. And I think that's a good way to think about it because, because people, there are sociological patterns in how people interact with and relate to organizations and to people. So branding is about building out the body the definition, and the meaning of your ministry. In other words, connect, it, connect what you're all about to people in meaningful, engaging ways. So let me, let me use this example. When you sit in a church service and, and you're really, really engaged and you feel moved, you even feel emotionally moved by what is unfolding in that service, and then you leave and, and you comment maybe to your spouse or to a friend or whatever, and you say, man, I just felt like everything that was said was, was just for me. It was like God was just speaking directly to me. Mm. Well, you and I would, you know, we would agree that that's obviously the Holy Spirit. But I would argue that there's also some other things at play there. And what's probably at play is that that team's understanding of resonance, even if they don't define it as such. So... In other words, they are intentional about communicating in such a way that it connects with people. And it's sort of a hard thing to wrap your – it's sort of nebulous, and it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. But if you are not intentional about, about communicating in such a way and doing ministry in such a way, and those are two different things, 
so that it resonates with people, it probably won't resonate. Good branding is about connecting with people. It's about, it's about what, uh, doing what you do in such a way that it really does matter to people. So all the you know, visual assets, messaging, all those things, those are, you know, those are important, but they're secondary to this thing that I would call body definition and meaning. What does your ministry really mean? What is it all about? What, what really drives what you're doing? Which, back to what you said earlier, does connect back to vision and mission and really the heartbeat of that ministry. So to put a finer point on this, uh, and now let me transition and get to the actual question. So that's sort of, that's sort of a context for the question and, and right. in a sense an on-ramp to, to the answer uh, that you've asked. There are dozens and dozens of definitions floating in the marketplace, some of which are really thin and really lack understanding as to the dynamics, as I would call them, that are at play in branding, these multiple layers that are at play. And then there are some, but there are other definitions that actually attempt to, to, uh, to unpack what, you know, sort of the essence of branding, what, what is at play in, in these things. So, these definitions range from, uh, you know, tribal hot iron tattoos, <laughs> you know, literal, a literal brand right. or cattle, cattle branding to, to very elaborate and, and, uh, and somewhat unapproachable definitions. But some of them, in my, in my experience, uh, really lack the essential understanding that, that these dynamics are at play. So... Here's what I think is one of the the single best definitions that I've ever seen related to the question of what is branding. And so I'd like to suggest this as a good starting place uh, for anyone trying to really understand what this is all about. Uh, the, the founder of Duct Tape Marketing, John Jantz, says this, branding is the art of becoming knowable, likable, and trustable. Branding is the art of becoming knowable, likable, and trustable. Now, I really like that, and I think it's, it, it is the closest, uh, it's really the closest I've ever seen, closest definition I've ever seen to really getting at the heart of what matters in branding. So the only thing I would do is I would tweak that to say it's the art and science of becoming knowable, likable, and trustable. Because some of what we do as practitioners in branding is is very tangible, and you you know you you actually do it. You see the results of it, and it helps with that knowability, likability, and trustability. Uh, so, well, anyway, I know there's a lot in that, but jump in wherever you would like. Yeah, and I, I of course have read John Jance's material. I know that definition very well, and in fact, I use it when I'm talking to some of my clients as well. Because ultimately, as as a church leader or as a Christian the best way for us to connect and communicate the greatest story on the planet, which is the story of Jesus, which transforms these, the people's lives that we're trying to reach who don't already have a relationship with Jesus. It all is wrapped around with building that trust relationship with them so that you even have the credibility and, um, and the really uh, where you can draw on, on some authority and that relationship to communicate with them in the first place. Absolutely. And, and, you know, David, what I've seen as a pattern, and I think this is a very unfortunate pattern, and there are, 
you know, no doubt exceptions to this, but it's, I'm, I'm sort of alarmed at, at what I'm seeing as I'm out and about working uh, very uh, closely with churches and ministries of all shapes and sizes throughout the country is more often than I would like, there is this sense that what, what we do in ministry is really about putting on a show. Hmm. And it's really about performance. It's really about doing what we do with excellence with little attention to, or, or in my view, not adequate attention to relationship. And, and it's kind of scary, but I see, a, I see a lot of ministry leaders who, frankly, it's all about them, and it's all about leveraging relationship when there's really not depth of relationship and history of relationship uh, to leverage. So in other words, a lot of leaders want to just jump in and leverage their relationship with you when they really don't even know you and when they really have not invested in building, invested time in building a relationship with you. So I would just encourage, encourage you know, your listeners to think about this, this point. The best brands are built because there is a really solid, intentional focus on relationship. And if you don't get anything else right, at least get that one right. Because relationship transcends all these other categories. It transcends all these other areas where we can potentially build, quote, build brands. Right. That to me is the that's the brand building stuff that matters. Well, and and it is a hard thing too because what you're talking about too is in a ministry context, the person who is the the key leader, the senior pastor, the lead pastor, whatever that title might be, that person is the face and the voice of that organization of that church. And so they speak on behalf of the entire organization, and and they represent it. However, I guess where my struggle is a little bit, and I think some pastors struggle, and maybe even you struggle, is is what is the voice of the church itself and the ministry itself versus the voice of the individual who is the face of the ministry, and how do you build mm-hmm. how do you build that solid and intentional trust relationship? Um, with somebody who's a, a new visitor, somebody who has no experience with your church, how does the organization build that trust relationship beyond what happens from the front of the church on Sunday morning with the pastor? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and I think there are several layers to that question, but, but let me just say at a basic level that, number one, you have to be intentional, Number two, you have to have at least some sort of strategy or some sort of plan, if you will, for developing those relationships. And, and let me, let me uh, sort of shift the, our way of thinking about this a little bit because I think it will help give context to, to ha- or, or give, give uh, helpful and practical tips toward, toward that question. In my view, vision, growth, and, and sort of development of a ministry – has to be done at two very distinct but connected levels. And, and here's the way I'm describing this to clients. One is at a micro level. The other is at a macro level. So what I see is that a lot of ministries, and I want to connect this back to, re- to relationships, so help me remember to do that if I, if I blow past that. Okay, I will. Okay, a, a, lot, of, a lot of ministries uh, or ministry leaders want to essentially stand up in their pulpit, whatever their pulpit is, if it's, if it's a – a digital online platform, they want to 
stand up in that pulpit, or if it's a physical, literal church. They want to stand up, they want to cast this really grandiose vision, and and do so one or two times, and then, it, and honestly, just expect everybody to get it. And then they're frustrated, they're disappointed, and and oftentimes even discouraged because they don't see that vision really materialize or take root. And in in my experience, there's there's several reasons for this, but one of the primary reasons is because they are not advancing this vision at both a micro and a macro level. So what do I mean by that? By macro, I do mean in that corporate setting. I mean in a sort of a global sense where they're speaking to everyone at the same time, and they're saying the same thing, and they're, they're reinforcing what, you know, their vision and what they sense that God is doing and how God is leading them and where this is headed. But, but an equally important conversation is what they do in the coffee shop or over lunch with key leaders and key people within their, within their organization. So I think what I see as a pattern is that, that people are okay at advancing vision you know, at a at a corporate level in a, in sort of a macro way, but they have a really difficult time understanding how critical it is for them to have these micro conversations, these one to one and small group conversations. So, and that's where relationship comes into play. So, essentially, I, I when I go in and consult with churches, I, I literally look at the pastor and I say, Pastor, give your team a line item, a coffee. Uh, and lunch line item in their budget. Give it to them. De- designate, designate a line item that says, this is for you to go and relate to people, whatever that looks like, whatever makes sense in their context. And, and not, only, not only encourage it, but expect it. And give them the, give them the resources, the tools, uh, the time, and, and, and really the challenge, and even beyond that, empower them to go and relate and get to know their people and to actually have a relationship with them because brands are advanced at, a, at micro and macro levels. So essentially, if you take that in a corporate setting, you, you, have, you have these different layers that are at play. You have to go through trustee approval or board approval. You have to you know, make sure the executive team is on board and all these different layers, but how you really advance it and, and give, give what you're doing body and definition and meaning is in those smaller one-to-one conversations where you share your heart, you share your vision, and people get on board with you because they sense that there's something here. They sense that this means something. Right. So I think that's a really important, a really important aspect of of advancing in your organization, and you simply cannot do that without relational uh, relational equity. And so, a lot of leaders want to leverage relationship that they don't have, having not really built equity. And I really like the picture. And I think if I'm picturing it right in my mind, what you're saying is the the, the key leader has to cast the vision a couple times a year in the larger corporate setting. Then they have to feed that personally to all the people who report to them, whether paid staff or uh, volunteer leaders, so that they can continue to live out that vision and mission and passion and build that into the relationships they have with those who report to them. And then those people that report to them then leak that or spread that vision out and that brand out 
through the relationships that they in turn have with those people who they do ministry over. Am, am I capturing that picture correct? Absolutely. I would, I would say uh, that it, it manifests itself or it should manifest itself differently in every organization. For example, in a, in a recent situation I, I was in, uh, essentially the executive pastor does not, he is not comfortable with groupthink and, and group, uh, group communication. He's just simply not personally comfortable with it. So he does a tremendous amount of one-to-one conversation. And he believes that's more effective. And so he, he spends what I think is probably an inordinate amount of time advancing vision in these one-to-one conversations. But stylistically, that's what he prefers. So I would say do what makes sense for you, but, but definitely understand that there are multiple dynamics at, at play and that there are multiple layers for how you should advance vision and that, that, that you should figure out what makes sense mo- most sense for you. But... But make no mistake, it cannot happen. It will not happen if it's only advanced at a, mac- at a macro level in, in sort of a corporate way. It has to be moved forward uh, in a meaningful way, in a way that is, that's prayerful and thoughtful and, and that's passionate at a, at, at a macro level, uh, I'm sorry, micro level, where you've got these individual relationships that are carrying this vision forward. At the end of the day, people still move organizations forward. And that's just a really important thing to remember as we do ministry. I know it should be top of mind, and it should be something we just, we just get, but, man, I'm amazed at how many people are out really, you know, really in the zone on the, on, the, on the show and the presentation, but they just forget about the people, and they forget about the, the real lives of the people. And I mean staff, I mean key leaders, and I mean people that are just, di- you know, currently disconnected from the ministry. Right. So there is a, there's a, there has to be a, a, a good deal of intentionality to, to really move your ministry forward in these relationships. And in my view, that's good branding because through that process, you are becoming knowable, likable, and trustable. Thank you for joining us for today's Ministry Story Podcast. Feel free to post any comments you may have on ministrystory.com. Our podcast theme song is Could This Be the End of the Hiding by The Contact, who can be found at thecontactmusic.com. Please join us every Monday for another inspirational conversation designed to increase ministry effectiveness as we share the greatest story ever told. The end.